well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I am so glad that you've joined me on the program today. we got a lot to talk about. Uh, Amy Coney Barrett going before the Senate Judiciary Committee. The uh, hearings have begun and already the attacks have started on uh, Amy Coney Barrett's judicial philosophy when it comes to the Second Amendment. Uh, Senator Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut using uh, his opening statement during the uh, Judiciary Committee hearings to uh, uh, basically accuse uh, Judge Barrett of uh, uh, hoping to overturn Connecticut gun laws and other, quote, common sense gun safety regulations uh, because of her viewpoint on the Second Amendment. We've written about this extensively at BarryAndArms.com. Uh, and uh, I would encourage you to uh, check out the website for more information about uh, Amy Coney Barrett's judicial philosophy. I'll, although I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and give you the 30-second version here. Uh, basically, uh, Judge Barrett has not had a lot of opportunity on the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, where she's currently a judge, to deal with the Second Amendment. But in a case called Cantor versus Barr, uh, Amy Coney Barrett did argue that uh, this individual, a guy named Ricky Cantor, who was uh, convicted of a nonviolent felony offense involving Medicare fraud, Medicaid fraud, excuse me. Uh, she basically argued that, look, the, the Second Amendment um, protects the right to keep and bear arms of all Americans, and you don't automatically lose that right simply because of a criminal offense, that the Founding Fathers were actually concerned about dangerous people uh, exercising their right to keep their arms, and that those dangerous individuals, those convicted of a violent crime, perhaps, uh, are subject to uh, to a lifetime prohibition on gun ownership, but that there should not be an automatic disqualifier for somebody who's convicted of a nonviolent felony offense. And uh, Judge Barrett uh, used what's uh, commonly known as the history and tradition test uh, to reach that conclusion. This is what gun owners are, or gun control advocates are freaking out about. Uh, because they believe that, uh, and they know, frankly, that there is not a long history and a tradition in this country of imposing the types of gun control laws that they want to impose on Americans in 2020. Uh, there is no history or tradition of banning the most commonly owned firearms in America. There's not. And yet that's exactly what gun control advocates want to do. There is no history or tradition about trying to impose uh, restrictions on the ability of legal gun owners to acquire ammunition. And that is what gun control advocates want to do. Uh, now, it's important to note as well that the history and tradition test does not mean that every gun control law in America would be uh, overturned and uh, tossed out. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, Justice Brett Kavanaugh, uh, back when he was a judge in the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, wrote an opinion, uh, a dissenting opinion, uh, regarding a challenge to one of D.C.'s gun control laws, he also talked about history and tradition and using that test. But he noted that, look, there are going to be plenty of gun control laws that are going to be upheld uh, under a history and tradition test. But gun control advocates know that what they really want, these new laws that they want to impose on the American people, would likely not withstand constitutional muster with Judge Amy, Amy Coney Barrett on the bench. And that is why they are fighting like hell to keep her off of the Supreme Court. Meanwhile, we're still wondering if uh, Joe Biden is ever going to answer the question about whether or not he would pack the Supreme Court if he's elected president. He has so far refused to answer that question, which I think tells most people exactly what they need to know, that uh, Biden would likely go along with whatever Senate Democrats do 
if Democrats take control of the Senate in November. And if they decide they're going to pack the court, Biden's not going to object. He's not going to go to battle against his own party. He's going to acquiesce and be a rubber stamp for whatever Chuck Schumer, Dick Durbin, Dianne Feinstein over on the House side, Nancy Pelosi, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the others want to do. He's not going to fight his own party to keep the Supreme Court at nine justices if Democrats decide they want to pack the court. Now, we're also starting to learn uh, at least maybe some rumors, some whispers of some cabinet appointments if Joe Biden does win election uh, in November. Axios reporting on the uh, scuttlebutt that uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo rumored to be uh, Joe Biden's pick to be attorney general if uh, Biden wins in November. Now, listen, there, there's nobody, if, if, if Joe Biden and Kamala Harris win in November, there is nobody that Joe Biden would appoint that would make gun owners say, whew, all right, well, we, we really dodged a uh, rhetorical bullet there. Each and every candidate is going to be problematic for legal gun owners. But uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, particularly so, because he has exhibited a, a, a blatant hostility uh, towards gun owners, towards Second Amendment groups, uh, and he has embraced a radical gun control agenda, so radical, in fact, that it can't even be implemented in New York State, even though it is still the law of the land. Take a look at a quote from uh, Governor Cuomo. This was earlier this year. This is from the governor's official website. Governor Cuomo responds to unhinged rant by NRA Chief Wayne LaPierre. That's, that's Governor Cuomo's own headline. And this is Governor Cuomo's uh, a quote. The NRA are a bunch of political bullies who control politicians in Washington and across the country, but they don't control me and they don't control New York. And that's why they're scared. I'm sick and tired of the bloodshed and the politicians saying they'll remember the victims of senseless gun violence and their thoughts and prayers. If the NRA goes away, I'll remember them in my thoughts and prayers. Now, keep in mind that it's not the NRA that's actually spending big in this election. It's uh, Andrew Cuomo's buddy, Mike Bloomberg, actually, who's dropping well over $100 million across the country to try to elect anti-gun politicians who will back his anti-gun agenda. And Andrew Cuomo hasn't said a word about uh, Mike Bloomberg bullying politicians to enact an anti-gun agenda. Why would he? He's not going to say anything like that. Uh, but when it comes to the gun control policies that Andrew Cuomo has put in place there in New York, listen, th- these are laws that are designed in many cases to target legal gun owners and to criminalize aspects of the Second Amendment. National Shooting Sports Foundation earlier this year uh, said about uh, Cuomo's track record, quote, his disdain for the Second Amendment is deep and his king-like anti-gun record is long. Most notably, he utilized the never let a crisis go to waste mantra and forced New York's infamous gun rights restricting New York Safe Act through in the middle of the night, the most restrictive anti-gun law in the country. It includes limits on magazine capacity that was too far even for a federal judge in New York who struck down the provision in 2013, and Governor Cuomo was again denied by the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit in 2015. His SAFE Act also included red flag laws that deny due process and bans on America's most popular selling centerfire rifle, the modern sporting rifle. Second Amendment rights groups across the state roundly disapproved, but once again, Governor Cuomo displayed his animosity to the legal resource or to the legal process and protecting the constitutional rights of law-abiding gun owners, stating, quote, you become sort of lawsuit immune 
when challenged on his order shuttering firearm businesses. That was one of Cuomo's more recent moves, uh, declaring that uh, basically uh, gun stores were non-essential businesses. Uh, and unless you were the sole employee of a gun store, you were told in New York State to shut down your stores, uh, even as Americans were responding to the prospect of unrest and disorder in record numbers by seeking out a firearm for the very first time. Uh, the National Shooting Sports Foundation uh, has more on gun, uh, Governor Cuomo. They say that uh, his anti-gun bona fides trace back to his time as the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development during the Clinton administration, where he threatened to have over 3,200 public housing authorities sue members of the firearm industry for crimes committed in those housing projects. Congress quickly put a stop to his threat in litigation. He also violated antitrust law in 2000 by conspiring with several big city mayors to politicize law enforcement purchasing by collectively refusing to buy from any handgun manufacturer that didn't sign a so-called code of conduct that sought to implement gun control that Congress would never pass. The National Shooting Sports Foundation sued Cuomo and his allies in federal court, promptly putting a stop to their illegal antitrust conspiracy. So you can imagine, again, the damage that Governor Cuomo could do if he were Attorney General Cuomo in the Biden administration, not only enforcing whatever federal restrictions come out of the Biden-Harris administration, uh, but also helping the Biden-Harris administration target firearms manufacturers and helping gun control advocates target fire manufacturers with junk lawsuits, seeking to hold them accountable for the third-party actions of criminals, like suing Ford if somebody gets behind the wheel of a Taurus while they're drunk. That's what Governor Cuomo would do as Attorney General in a Biden-Harris administration. Now, as to Cuomo's outright hostility towards gun owners and Second Amendment advocates, so I, I, here's another quote. Now, this goes back uh, a couple of years. This goes back to, what's the uh, date on this? Uh, 2014, shortly after the passage of the SAFE Act in New York State, when gun owners were objecting vociferously to these new laws, the, again, the ban on magazines over seven rounds, which ultimately, by the way, turned into, well, you can have your 10-round magazine, but you can't have more than seven rounds in it. Yeah. A, uh, a, a portion of the SAFE Act that uh, required background checks for ammunition sales. New York State Police still haven't implemented that. There was a pistol re-registration requirement for every existing gun owner in New York State. Massive noncompliance. A registration requirement for owners of so-called assault weapons in New York State. Again, massive noncompliance. Uh, and this is what Governor Cuomo had to say in the early 2014, months after the passage of the SAFE Act. He said, quote, the Republican Party candidates are running against the SAFE Act. It was voted for by moderate Republicans who run the Senate. Their problem is not me and the Democrats. Their problem is themselves. Who are they? Are they these extreme conservatives who are right to life? pro-assault weapon, anti-gay? Is that who they are? Because if that's who they are and they're the extreme conservatives, they have no place in the state of New York because that's not who New Yorkers are. So if you don't support a gun ban on the most commonly sold centerfire rifle in the United States today, do you belong in the United States? I mean, Governor Cuomo already says you don't belong in New York if you don't support his SAFE Act. So what happens if you don't support that uh, anti-gun agenda at the federal level? Cuomo think you should leave the country? Not that that's going to happen. Gun owners are going to stay and fight. 
But again, Governor Andrew Cuomo's hostility towards the right to keep and bear arms uh, is evident. It is longstanding, and it will be brought to bear against America's legal gun owners and fire manufacturers if Joe Biden wins in November and if he appoints Governor Cuomo to be the next attorney general of the United States. Now, let's talk about today's armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, our recidivist report, which happens to be from New York State. How about this? Three arrested on gun charges after Rochester car chase and crash. Uh, Officers uh, released footage of a car crashing outside of the public market, several people running from the scene. As it turns out, the three individuals uh, arrested after this uh, car chase, which had been involved in a shooting, police had tried to pull the car over, then they uh, sped off, uh, two firearms illegally possessed were seized after the uh, three individuals inside were arrested. According to Spectrum News in New York State, officers say all three suspects were already on probation for previous gun convictions. That's right. Two of them teenagers. 19-year-old Kalik Francis, 19-year-old Jacoby Sermons, 20-year-old Roy Siplin, all charged with second and third degree criminal possession of a firearm. Since the three uh, violated probation, they're currently being held without bail. Now, keep in mind that this is the one aspect of the SAFE Act in New York that is actually being prosecuted on a regular basis. It used to be that if you were possessing a firearm without a license, that was a misdemeanor offense, except for New York City. And New York City was a felony. But for the rest of the state, it was a misdemeanor offense. The SAFE Act changed that. And now it is a federal, or excuse me, it's a state-level felony, punishable by up to three and a half years in prison. And this is by far the charge that is used most often. Of all of the SAFE Act provisions, this is the law that is used most frequently. And it's primarily uh, used in New York City, uh, not, not used as often in upstate New York. Supposedly, these laws were put in place to make us safer, right? And Governor Cuomo talked a lot when he signed that bill, actually in Rochester. That's where he signed the SAFE Act back in 2013 about how this is going to improve the safety of New York residents. Well, look, in 2020, not only is New York City seeing uh, homicide rates like we haven't seen in over a decade, Albany, New York, shootings and homicides are up. Rochester, New York, shootings and homicides are up. Buffalo, New York, shootings and homicides are up. Syracuse, shootings and homicides are up. In every major city in New York State, the SAFE Act is failing to keep people safe. And it apparently is also not being used uh, to put individuals behind bars for the uh, commission of violent offenses. Here you have, uh, you know, again, a, a pair of 19-year-olds, a 20-year-old, both already convicted of the SAFE Act, or all three of them uh, already convicted under the SAFE Act, all three of them already back out on the streets. And yet Governor Cuomo thinks that, that that's okay, apparently, as long as we're going after the legal gun owners, as long as the otherwise law-abiding gun owners face legal jeopardy for exercising their Second Amendment rights. When you actually catch criminals, they'll still get the slap on the wrist. All right, on to our uh, armed citizen story of the day. Uh, Omaha, Nebraska, where officials say a man shot and killed a Rottweiler that had allegedly attacked an eight-year-old girl. This is a sad story. And listen, I'm not one who's anti-Rottweiler. That That's... I, I know some people are just like, that breed shouldn't exist. I'm not one of those people. Uh, I think this is a, a sad story all around. I'm glad this uh, eight-year-old is okay. This apparently happened Saturday afternoon in Omaha. Police got a call about an aggressive dog just after 1.30 in the afternoon. Investigators showed up. They found the girl outside with injuries to her arm. 
The uh, Nebraska Humane Society uh, calls this an attack, said the girl did not have room to retreat when the dog ran at her. And that's when authorities say a family member of that eight-year-old or her, her older brother shot the dog. Uh, police say the uh, uh, gentleman is a licensed concealed carry holder, legal gun owner. Steve Glenn, the vice president of field operations for the Nebraska Humane Society, says the gun owner was looking out for the girl. Said apparently she was in a place where she couldn't retreat because of barriers, and her brother chose to fire the gun to protect his sister. Glant says the uh, the family got along well with the the uh, owner of the dog. He said the owner of the dog was uh, well known. Said the dog was well liked throughout the neighborhood. Uh, Amy Holmes, uh, who lives in the neighborhood, says it's heart wrenching to know he had to die this way. We're feeling a lot of guilt too. Obviously, he wasn't the type of dog to hurt anybody. Uh, we understand he was 100% or 100-pound Rottweiler. He looks very scary. If you didn't know who he was and surprised you, uh, you would be scared. She says she believes the dog may have uh, just been plain. Uh, she was cited for the uh, dog being unrestrained. Seems to me if the uh, 8-year-old had injuries to her arm, uh, the uh, dog was likely not plain. Uh, and again, a, a sad situation all around. I'm glad that 8-year-old is okay. The uh, gun owner not facing any charges for protecting his little sister. Uh, and our uh, good deed of the day, very similar, actually, from New Jersey, where a Lindhurst police officer saved a woman from a dog attack in uh, North Arlington. This was Thursday morning. Uh, she's out walking her dog when uh, apparently uh, she and her dog were attacked. Phyllis Goodman says she was approached by a pit bull, which had escaped from uh, its owner via an unsecured gate. The pit bull actually bit Phyllis Goodman, then clamped down on her dog's neck with a, uh, a lockjaw hold. Goodman ends up on her back trying to protect her pet while shouting for help. Anthony Jacinto was in the area responding to a call about a stray dog, ran to her rescue. Uh, he uh, administered a compliance hold on the pit bull for nearly a minute before the pit bull finally let go of the other dog and was subdued. Uh, the uh, woman who was attacked Taken to a local hospital with eight puncture wounds. She was examined and released. Whippet, uh, which was uh, her dog, taken to a local veterinary uh, clinic where it was treated to puncture wounds to its neck and released. The pit bull, uh, unharmed, released to its uh, unidentified owner, although charges against the owner are pending. And uh, it could be that uh, they're going to have to do something with that uh, pit bull. I, I, I hope not. Again, I'm a dog lover. Um, Almost, in fact, in some cases, more than a people lover. Most of the time, I, I try to love people more than pets. But, uh, you know, some people, man. Uh, so we'll keep our eyes on this situation, but in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. Uh, Lindhurst Officer Anthony Jacinto, we thank you, sir, for your very good deed. That is about all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. Now, I do want to let you know that today's hearing, Judiciary Committee hearing for Amy Coney Barrett, not going to feature any uh, uh, questioning. Today is the day for opening statements on the part of every member of the Judiciary Committee, as well as uh, Judge Barrett herself. And then tomorrow, Tuesday, that's when the questioning starts in earnest. I do expect that uh, folks like Senator Blumenthal, maybe even Senator Kamala Harris, going to try to grill Judge Barrett on her views Regarding the right to keep and bear arms, we will cover all of that for you at bearingarms.com, and uh, we'll give you any updates that uh, we might know of uh, when we uh, uh, tape Cam and Company uh, on tomorrow's program as well. Uh, we're also still following that situation in Colorado. I didn't mention it earlier in the program, but the shooting over the weekend 
of a uh, Trump supporter uh, at the uh, hands of uh, what appears to be an unlicensed security guard who was working for a Denver TV station. That uh, security guard claims he was acting in self-defense, but uh, we will give you more details on that story on the next Bearing Arms Cam and Company as well. In the meantime, thank you for being a part of today's program, as always. Don't forget, you can subscribe to Town Hall Media on YouTube. That way you'll never miss a program. You can also subscribe to Bearing Arms Cam and Company on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. You'll find us there as well. Until we talk again, be well, be safe, be free. And we'll see you soon with another edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company.